हेलो वेलकम टू द सेल्फ लर्निंग पॉडकास्ट बाय डॉक्टर सुषमा सिंह लेट अस स्टार्ट डिस्कशन ऑन यूनिट नाइन ब्यूरोक्रेसी पुलिस एंड आर्मी एंड आवर टॉपिक इज मिलिट्री इन डेमोक्रेसी इन द पोस्ट कॉलोनियल वर्ल्ड द मिलिट्री इज प्लेइंग अ डिसिसिव रोल इन पॉलिटिक्स बिटवीन नाइनटीन सिक्सटी one third of asian states and over a half of the african states experienced coups the 1980s saw the trend continue strongly it is a moot point of history that there has been a coup or an attempted coup in some parts of the world from a world bank study one finds that since 1948 there has been a, at least one coup attempt per developing country every 5 years now the point is theories behind military coups the role of military in politics has been a subject of debate among the social scientists especially the political scientists their classical theory says that the military has no role in democratic politics they maintain a distance from the civilian leadership they do not directly take interest in politics there is a medieval phenomena during the feudal period weak kings have been replaced by their military commanders this does not happen in modern politics military has to constitutional role in our democracy they are supposed to obey the civilian political leaders facts disapprove the above hot hypothesis there are various political theories in support of military taking over political power the theory of modernization says that in a traditional society the military is a modernizing force they are educated people with a modern outlook they know how to modernize a traditional society this helps them to come to political power furthermore they are organized people who have control over the weapons and military trained personnel they quote motivated to capture power against the civilian leaders the civilian leaders do not always have the required modern organizing skills nor they how modern educated youth with them to compete for power a group of political economists float a theory that a developing country due to its magnet sources cannot waste such precious resources in instituting political democracy for them political democracy is a luxury for poor the poor is more interested in bread and not freedom the third group for social scientists provide a cultural theory that most of the third world countries do not have the cultural tradition of democracy they have an authoritarian approach to life their family is authoritarian in structure which supports the military rule very often a single religious group who is dominating a nation uses cultural nationalism to rule over a nation 
the military represents the cultural nationalism of a dominant community further some of the political scientists feel that when a country experiences too much political instability because of the fragmentation of political parties this leads to intervention of military in the name of political stability these societies feel that the social and political order is more important than the political stability constitutional niches such as parliamentary procedures popular consent or political representation are ignored because elected assemblies dissolved soon after the take over of power by the military elections get suspended and political parties gets banned the next point is military in indian politics india being a third world country is having a stable political democracy civil military relations in post colonial india have been something of a model for the third world in that military capacity has been greatly increased without a major threat to the civilian rule the 50 years of post colonial history reveal considerable tension between the civil and the military authority and policy debates during this period display a variety of conflicting views on the appropriate role for the military in indian life the next point is relations with political leaders civil military relation developed during the nehru prime ministership he gave more priority to economic and human resource development of a society he maintained indian relationship with most of the foreign countries through an effective foreign policy strategy his defense minister vk krishna menon was able to handle the affairs in a competent manner menon became the symbol of civilian control of the military during the nehru's years and a symbol of political intrusion into the military's professional business the sino indian war of 1962 was clearly the watershed for the indian military the indian government of has started the modernization of the indian military both in terms of the supply of arms and ammunition and training of the personnel india has established its defense relation with both usa and soviet russia its military process came to the force at the time of the creation of bangladesh when mrs gandhi was prime minister the indian military has played a decisive role in framing the defense policy india has entered into the nuclear club as the sixth member with the testing of a nuclear device in 1974 india is pursuing its autonomous policy in nuclear development and has developed its own nuclear weapons the next is military strength the indian army is the fourth largest in the world after china russia and us the air force has acquired some of the sophisticated fighter planes the army and air force appear to have an integrated plan 
for India's defense. During 1980s and 1990s, the Indian Navy also tread the path of modernization along with its counterparts. The Indian Navy has got more than 100 ships, 150 aircrafts and thousands of highly trained manpowers. Indian defense budget has increased since 1971 and touched almost 3% of its GDP. India's strategic objectives and its inter-service ratio for defense expenditures have been relatively stable. Now the next point is the role of military in the decision-making process. India is a regional power in Asia and is aspiring to be permanent member in the UN Security Council. The heads of the Army, Air Force and Navy has been playing an active role in formulating an effective defense policy. They are represented in the cabinet meeting by the defense minister. A concise policy draft is prepared by them with the help of the defense secretary who is usually an IS officer. They are members of the National Security Council. The Indian military is rarely used in internal politics except at the time of a large-scale communal rights or ethnic conflict. They are not allowed to play an active role in the democratic politics. They are performing their constitutional role, which is strengthening the Indian democracy. Now sum up the unit. The coercive apparatus of the state is a part of the ancient Indian history. In the modern state, constitutional laws guide the action of each and every institution or organization for an effective functioning of the state. Police, civil service, military constitute the core of the corrosive apparatus. In this unit, these three organs are studied in detail. In the contemporary era, the state is infested with many a problem and a police force is faced with a number of challenges. Its relation with the legislature, executive, judiciary and public are studied in detail. The civil service in India has a distinct record right from the pre-British era. Their work consists of assisting the political executive in policy formulation, program implementation and administration, thus contributing actively to the policy making process. Nevertheless, reforms are overdue with regard to this administrative machinery. Military in the post-colonial world has been playing a decisive role. They have control over the weapons and military-trained personnel. They are instrumental in forming an effective defense policy. The above three have been playing an important role in strengthening the Indian democracy. Now let us wind up the session and we have come to the end of the unit. Thank you very much for engaging yourself with the self-learning podcast.